Hello everyone, this is Thoughts in a Nerdy Teen Head where I discuss the random thoughts my teenage head thinks about. If you don't mind sometimes controversial topics and sometimes calming essays and sometimes childish blabber, I'd like to welcome you to my non-existent corner of the internet. Yup, that's a barking dog. All printed photographs are blotches of ink on special paper, still images, morsels of another time, capable of plunging us into better times. These splashes of color can make you smile with nostalgia or sniffle as you look at the face of someone you loved and lost to death, someone who still holds a precious part of your heart and their soul. These tears of remembrance are perhaps the healthiest tears one can shed. The kind that leave you feeling fulfilled and renewed, filling up an emptiness you never knew you possessed. Photographs can also bring back feelings you thought you had long buried. Feelings of guilt and remorse, a pet that died because of you, a family member you hurt and don't talk to anymore, heck, an ex-loved one who hurt you. All these emotions from some colored ink on paper. No wonder there are so many songs about photographs. No wonder we romanticize the notion of having our memories stored in an album, or more recently, an SD card or the cloud. It's simple. All it needs is the click of a finger, a movement of your phalanges, and there, a perfect image of a crying baby, a laughing grandmother, a dubious mother. It's almost magical. The earliest surviving photograph was taken by Joseph Nisiphor Nieps in 1826 or 1827. Looking up the original plate of the photograph, I realized that I barely see anything, so I decided to stare at the heavily enhanced version instead. At first glance, my untrained eye finds it impossible to figure out what's going on. Black and white smudges puzzle me, but I can make out perhaps the side of a building to the left, a smaller tower-like contraption to the right, and perhaps a street and trees or could it be a field and a well? But what are those black swan-like outlines I see? People? Thorns and bristles? Or maybe the whole thing is water? Even though I find it difficult to make out what I'm looking at, I find myself transported through time. Like I am every time I look at an old black and white photograph. It's almost like I imagined the time before color photographs to be a time when no color existed. When I look at a black and white image, I don't wonder what it would have looked like in color. Instead, I imagine a black and white world, and my mind somehow accepts this black and white world as a reality. The view in the earliest known photograph is in fact a view from the upstairs window showing parts of buildings around Niepce's estate. What I thought was a street is in fact a dusty roof and everything beyond is greenery, meeting at the horizon with an intense white sky. The more I think about the science behind this picture, the more my perspective transforms into a colorful one. It is estimated that this image would have taken a few days to fully form. Requiring at least 8 hours of bright exposure, the plate would have had to be kept in the same place for days on end, even a small movement compromising on its already barely existent quality. I imagine Niepce entering the room where he kept his forming image glancing at it every now and then, trying to notice any progress. 
Photographs did not exist at the time. Images of places and people and memories were paintings drawn by an artist's own hand. But the very first photographs were as laborious as any painting would have been. And the centuries of development leading up to today's plethora of colorful images probably started with that one man laboriously creating a plate made of pewter, lining it with a thin layer of bitumen, placing his plate in the most appropriate place where an image could form. A place with bright light so the bitumen could harden, and a place with shadows so there would be contrast in his final image. He would have then focused the image onto a plate with camera obscura and waited for days until he finally would have washed the screen with oil of lavender and white petroleum to get rid of the soluble, unhardened bitumen in the dark regions and gotten his final image. Barely recognizable to a random onlooker, but one of which he probably knew more than he wished to and an image he treasured for his entire life. And now, an image the world has treasured for decades. In 2003, Life released a book called 100 Photographs That Changed the World. Photography as a medium of art had existed for years, but suddenly everybody had a camera and everyone were creating amazing artwork with their modern, easy to use, relatively high quality cameras. A poll on Life's website determined that this book should be made. People wanted it. People wanted to know how still images had made the world what it was. Of course, the book contained that very first photograph, View from the Window at Ligra by Joseph Nisifo Nieps. But the story it said was a broader one. Every single one of the photographs inspired so many emotions in me. Every single one of them carried unspeakable depths of meaning and I could not choose a few to talk about right now in this episode. I would urge any listeners to go to 100photos.time.com. I've included the link to the website in the description. As a whole, the photographs recount the story of humanity in the last two centuries. It humanizes war and disease, documents the emergence of art, and provides a glimpse even into scientific and infrastructural development. I promise you that looking at those pictures, or perhaps past those pictures, and reading the stories behind them, will be one of the best things you've ever done. So why are we so drawn to photographs and what keeps photographers and photo editors alike driven in the modern world where sales dwindle fast and competition is basically all there is? Olivia Laurent, a writer in Time, decided to ask this very question to professionals and photojournalists who keep photography thriving today. Most of them believe that photographs are a medium of education, a medium of activism, without being labeled an activist, a job with returns and fulfillment that superseded the stigma and hardships. Photography was recording history. Photography was the universal language. Photography was the holy grail. All the replies were moving. However, I found this reply by Aidan Sullivan, CEO and founder of Verbatim, particularly interesting. Quote, Photographers will tell you it's almost like a disease, an obsession, a condition that drives them to tell the story at any cost, suffer hardships, isolate themselves and take extraordinary risks, all in an effort to capture and convey the story they are passionate about. I have been there as a young photographer and I understand that passion and drive and now, as my career has taken me through so many levels and roles in our industry, I feel compelled to support and nurture those storytellers, to help them continue to produce important work, 
and tell those stories, often uncomfortable ones, so that we can, sitting in the comfort of our homes, be made aware of the darker side of our world. This art, this madness, this compulsion to convey a story we know as photojournalism will not die. Storytelling will not die. It will change and evolve, but it is human nature to want to learn, to be educated and to understand our world through narratives. I think photojournalism and the skills required to become a photojournalist are an inherent trait. Genetic. It's built into the DNA. It's a need to be first to tell a story or pass on knowledge visually. Like storytellers through the ages when storytelling was deemed to be a gift and an important way to educate, when memory was a key requirement for learning. Early cave drawings were the beginning of the visual narrative. All that has changed really is the method to capture those images and now, with a mobile and digital world, the way we disseminate them, instead of access to a few in our inner social circles, now it's to hundreds of millions of people within the blink of an eye." End quote. Photography is the continuation of a visual narrative, the way we leave our mark forever in the world, the way we see the mark others have left. It's what presents to us the opportunity to break down barriers of race and nationality, privilege and religion, and enter the life of a loving but malnourished boy carrying muddy water from a puddle home on his shoulders and old cans browned by time, so his family will have enough of the precious liquid to survive the day. Photography, more than preserving memories, appeals to our ethos and creates in us the desire to see change. And in the end, that is what matters the most. Thanks for listening, and if you like me researching a random topic and giving my thoughts on it, don't forget to follow me on whatever platform you're listening on. Bye!